Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. I hope you guys are all doing well. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James, and today I am coming to you again from my Honda Accord. Yes, I am driving. It is raining, and I just had a little time on my hands, and I thought, you know, I've got some things in my heart and on my mind that I really would like to share today, the voices in my head. Uh, They've been coming at me from all directions this week. I first want to start out by saying, hey man, did you enjoy, I I guess I'm asking you because I'd like to have your feedback, I've gotten a little bit, but did you enjoy Stephen Tobolowsky last week on the podcast? I really enjoyed it. That might be my favorite podcast that I have ever recorded. I never thought I'd have like an actual Hollywood uh, movie star on my show, uh, especially one of his caliber that's been in nearly 300 different films or television shows. Uh, It's really quite astounding when you think about it. And, uh, and is such a thoughtful person and has written a book um, about his, really his Jewish faith and it's his memoir. So if you didn't get to hear last week's episode, uh, it was a really special one for me. And it was special on uh, several different levels, not only because of um, this is a person that we've all seen in television and movies, whether we knew his name or not. He's, he's one of the most successful character actors in the world. Um, but it was, it was great for me on a level of seeing what God is doing in a person's life. Uh, because he will tell you, and, and we didn't get into this last week, but I kind of wanted to share it with you because he has shared this story before. Um, you know, at one point in his life, he really was kind of just an almost an atheist type person. You know, he grew up with a little bit of Christianity in his life and in his background. Uh, but his family, they were Jewish, but then they lived in Texas, and they, they went to the Christian church because they kind of wanted to fit in. But it was one of those sort of things that the faith never really clicked with him. And even when he started Sunday school uh, at the Jewish temple and at the Jewish school, his faith never really like clicked with him. It, it did when he was younger, but he kind of, as many people do, he kind of outgrew his faith. And the part of the story that, that he didn't share last week, but... But what really led him to become serious about his, um, his, his Judaism, not just as a person born a Jew, but, but really as a person that practices the faith, um, was he was on a movie set. Uh, actually, it may have been a TV set. Uh, not, not that he was sitting on a TV set. That's kind of funny sounding. Uh, he was on a TV show, and when he was on there, he was with Richard Kind. He was one of the other actors. And apparently they were going to be filming during, uh, I believe it was Yom Kippur, which, which is, you know, the, the Jewish Day of Atonement, a very important day in the life of Jews. There's a lot of fasting that goes on. Uh, they, would, they would want to be at temple for that day. And the director had asked just to make sure, you know, is this a problem because one of the filming dates is going to be on this Jewish Holy Day. And Richard Kind spoke up and said, not going to matter to us. The only Jews here are me and Stephen. And we're the best kind of Jews because we don't believe in anything. And they kind of chuckled off the story. But Stephen tells about that day as being a day that he 
sort of was cut to the heart because he realized he had left the faith of his childhood, the faith of his people, and he really was not practicing it. And it was one of the moments in his life that I think he points to as an awakening moment uh, where he really started getting serious about his faith. He went back and started learning Hebrew. He actually went to school to learn Hebrew. He, he started, uh, for lack of a better word, and it's a good word for it, um, he religiously started going back to the temple again every day. And he would do the prayers and he would learn about his faith again. And he began praying often and talking with God. And, and so um, I don't remember if that was actually in the book or if that was just something that I had read or heard him tell. But that was one of his moments of faith uh, that, that I really found was very interesting. We do have those moments in life where something cuts us to the heart. And in that moment, we can almost audibly hear the voice of God speaking to us. And when we are far from Him, and He's trying to speak His words to us, uh, I think that often other people are instrumental in those times. So I think I want to talk a little bit about that today on the podcast. Now, just before I get into what I was going to share while I'm here on this this short drive today, I don't think it's going to be a long podcast, um, I do want to let you know some exciting news. My podcast, Voices in My Head, that you're listening to right now, has been accepted as an affiliate for podbean.com. So what that means is maybe you're listening to this show and you are interested in starting a podcast of your own, but you need a place, a server for those podcasts because you have to have some sort of podcatcher um, in order to get the link to give to iTunes and the other places where podcasts go through. Well, you can go through Podbean, which is where I go through. And if you go to podbean.com and you use the code VOICES, it will give you a significant discount uh, on whatever plan you may be going for. Now, it's free for like the first month if you just want to try it out anyway without that code. But there comes a point where they're going to start charging you. It's that way with every podcast host as far as I know. So if you want to give podbean.com a try, my show is now an affiliate and you can use my code VOICES. Just go in and use the code VOICES and it will give you a discount and it will be a significant discount. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is right now and I think it actually may um, be a greater discount depending on the plan that you get. Uh, I will look into that before next episode. Again, I'm driving right now. I should have been better prepared with my information. But I'm just excited that we're now an affiliate. And because we don't make any money on this show, if you actually sign up and and use my code, that actually does give a little money to the podcast to help us pay the bills around here and helps us to continue to bring episodes to you, like the one you heard last week with Stephen Tobolowski. Uh, just one other thing I want to get into before I get into what I really wanted to talk about today is May 17th. Uh, there's several dates. If you go to my website, you'll be able to look up tour dates that are upcoming, rickleejames.com. But there's one date in particular that's coming up in just a couple weeks. May 17th, I'm going to be at the National Worship Leader Conference in Centerville, Virginia. It's about 10 minutes away from Washington, D.C. So if you're going to be there, I would love to meet you. And I'm going to be playing uh, some music in the Thursday evening service. Um, Paul Belosh will also be playing in that service that night, which I am super thrilled about because, as you know, Paul is a friend of the show. 
and uh, he's been wonderful to me as sort of a mentor from afar over the years, but we've never gotten to play together on the same stage, so I'm really excited about being able to do that uh, conference with Paul Balash, and he's such a very skilled worship leader, and, uh, and I'm really excited about that. So if you have not signed up yet, you still can. Just I believe the site is worshipleadermagazine.com, or it might just be worshipleader.com. Uh, you can look up Worship Leader Magazine or the National Worship Leader Conference. Look up the one in Virginia. And uh, please let me know if you're coming. I would love to see you. Uh, I'll be driving up, and uh, and so I'll have my car. Maybe we can go get coffee or something, you know, if there's enough of you that are listeners to the podcast. Maybe we could even do sort of an on-location with listeners podcast. I would love to try something like that. Uh, also going to be up there with my friends, the, the Brothers McClurg. And uh, you'll see on my website in October, I actually have a concert coming up that I'm doing with the Brothers McClurg in Springfield, Ohio. There's several other dates interspersed throughout, but just be watching for upcoming appearances. All right. With that being said, what I want to talk about today on Voices in My Head, I started out the episode by talking about Stephen Tobolowsky's story about something that cut him to the heart and something that allowed him to hear the voice of God. So I'm going to start out with kind of a funny story. You guys hear the rain, don't you? It's starting to rain pretty hard. So as long as it's safe, I'm going to keep podcasting while I'm driving. If it gets unsafe, well, I'm going to stop and you won't hear this episode. So um, here's a story I'm going to tell you. I've told this story for years, but it's been quite a while since I told the story. And I usually tell it like as a sermon. So usually you can see what I'm doing. But this story takes me all the way back to when I was in college at Trevecca Nazarene University. At that time, I was a bit into weightlifting. I had started weightlifting when I was in high school. Now, make no mistake about it, I was never like He-Man buff or anything like that. But I got to where I enjoyed lifting weights, and I enjoyed doing it with friends whenever we could do it whenever I was in high school. And when I went to college, my roommate liked to lift weights. And so it was just the logical thing that we would go and work out together. So we started for, I don't know, maybe a week, a week and a half. We would go to this little, at the time, small weight room at Trevecca Nazarene University. And that was the first year of my college. And it was during that year that we actually changed to become a university from a college. And the weight room had not changed yet either. Now it's almost like a health club. I mean, it's, it's amazing there. But at the time, it was a small room with concrete floors, and they had a few machines and some weight benches. And, you know, not the nicest, not the worst. It, it, it was serviceable. It did what it needed to do. But we would go in usually after dinner time in the evenings. Well, after about a week and a half of doing this, and he was always there as my spotter on the weight bench, which was great because you want to have a spotter so you don't, you know, kill yourself, something like that. Um, And there were usually other guys in there too, but my roommate David was my spotter. We would go in and lift weights in the evening, but after about a week and a half of doing this, he got a job that required him after dinner to go to work. And he worked at a trucking company and was, you know, putting boxes into trucks and doing that kind of thing. I didn't have a job in the evening. I went to do my workout like I often did. And I thought, well, hey, just because, you know, he's not going to be here, that doesn't mean that I have to stop lifting weights. I've been doing this for a whole week and a half now. So I went to the gym and I expected to find some other friends around who would be able to lift the weights for me. I was kind of shy. 
in, in my mind anyway. Maybe other people wouldn't think I was, but I felt like I was. And when I got to the, the, the weight room that night, there were not guy friends around. There were girl friends who were acquaintances. You know, I don't mean they were my girlfriends. I mean they were girls. And I don't think it was pride. I don't think it was misogyny. I don't think it was any of that kind of thing. I just think I was shy and I didn't want to ask the girls for help with weightlifting. Um, I'm sure they could have done it. I'm sure they would have been very capable of helping to spot me if I would have asked, but I didn't ask. I thought, I can do this. I've been doing this for a week and a half, you know. I'm so familiar with what it means to lift weights. So I sat down on the bench, I laid down, I started lifting, and I did my first set of ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Clang, and I put it back up on the bar. We know where it goes. I went to get a drink of water, kind of walked around, went back to the bench again after I had a sufficient couple of moments, and sat down to do my second set of ten. One, Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Clang, and I put the bar back up on the stand. That was a little harder, but you know what? I only had one set to go. Went to the water fountain. You know, hi girls, just kind of a, a quick hello and a wave. And I walked back to the weight bench for my last set of ten. Now, it was not like 900 pounds or something on there, but it was enough weight that for me, it was enough I should have had a spotter. But I did not have one. I thought I could do it. I sat down on the bench. I put my hands on the bar. And I started that last set of 10 by myself without a spotter. One, two, three, four, five, six, Seven, eight, nine, ten. And I almost got it back on the bar on number ten, but I couldn't quite get it there. And I'm pushing for all I was worth. And the bar, even though I was pushing with all the might I had, it started coming back down toward my chest. My arms just couldn't hold it. And trembling, the weights came back down and the bar lay on my chest. I thought, well, this is it. I can roll it up towards my head, land this on my neck, and end it all right now and die without embarrassing myself. I won't know. I'll be dead. The other option, which I thought would be better, was because the girls hadn't seen me yet. You know, I could at least save some face there, hopefully. I could roll it down to my waist to where I could sit up. I'd stand up with the weight bars in my hand, turn around real quick, and set it back up on the bar. No one needs to be any the wiser because there was just me and the girls in the weight room, and the girls were on the other side of the room. They hadn't noticed yet. I went for option B. I rolled the weight down to my waist to where I could sit up without hurting myself. I stood up and quickly began to pivot around to lay the bar up on the rack. But one thing I had not done, because 
I was not a super experienced weightlifter. I had done some weightlifting. I should have known better, but I didn't do this because usually I had a spotter and it didn't come up. I did not put the clips on at the end of the weight bars. And if you don't have the clips, if the bar gets uneven, the weights will just slide off of one end and then slide off of the other. And I stood there kind of looking like a samurai warrior with this bar in my hands as the weights drifted down one end and the heavier side to, to my hand, the unbalanced side, the weights slid off on the floor and then as soon as they slid off, the other side didn't have any weight on it, so the other side slid off, and my arms went the other direction with what looked like a bow staff in my hand, and it was sort of a and it made this huge bam, bam sound because it was a concrete weight room. It made a huge noise, and by that time, everybody in the weight room saw me. I was embarrassed, and I didn't know what to do, except I just had this bar in my hand and kind of just act like I was lifting. It was weird. I don't even remember what happened with the story after that. It's kind of a funny story. But the thing I want to talk to you about today is I should have been familiar before I started doing that weights with what it meant to do weights without a spotter. I had only been doing it for maybe a week and a half in this new location. It had been a while since I had weightlifted in high school. And if I'd only been doing it a week and a half and I only lifted weights every other day, that only meant just a handful of days I had been doing this. I was inexperienced in the location I was in. I was inexperienced at lifting weights without a spotter. I should have known better, but I was unfamiliar with the territory. It was something I just didn't know. If I would have known better, then I would have known to wait for a spotter, or I would have known ways to lift that were safer, but I didn't. I was not an expert weightlifter by any means. The reason I bring that up is, I wonder sometimes if as the people of God, Christians, Jews, whoever worships God, in my context, it's Christianity. It's Jesus. Am I familiar enough with the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart that I know it's the Holy Spirit when it speaks? Have I spent a sufficient amount of time in prayer that I have come to know the voice of the God that I say that I know and love and worship? Am I familiar with this God to know the territory, to know when God is speaking, to know when my heart is challenged, and to know when it's not just, as my pastor always says, the fumes on my cornflakes that are speaking to me? I further wonder if we as the people of God in our worship have given ourselves enough moments of silence together that in those silent moments we can come to recognize when God is speaking. Do we even give ourselves silent moments? Think about it. Are there ever quiet moments in your worship services? Are there quiet times where together as the body of Christ, we are able to listen together for the familiar voice of the Holy Spirit as it speaks to us? You know, years ago I wrote an article uh, that was published in Worship Leader magazine 
and it's just a story from my life, and, and I'm going to tell it again. And the title of the story was "Billy Joel Taught Me How to Pray." You can you can look it up and find it online. But the reason I call it "Billy Joel Taught Me How to Pray" is this. Here's the story. One morning, I was eating breakfast. I was alone in my apartment. I turned on the TV, and a television show was on, and Billy Joel was being interviewed on this particular show. I don't remember what the name of the show was. But they were asking Billy Joel, who had been retired for several years at this point. He was not making new albums. He was still doing some touring, but he wasn't making new albums. There was no reason he had to be writing or really doing much of anything. He'd made his money. He was age of retirement. He could have just faded off into the sunset and, and not done it. But they started asking him about his daily practice. Did he have any sort of daily practice for songwriting, any sort of ritual, or for playing piano, or just what was his daily practice when it came to creativity? And interestingly enough, because people who are professionals, by the way, they take their job very seriously, and they do good work. They work hard at it. And even at this point in his life as a retired person, he said, because I'm retired, I may not get up at the same time every day, and I don't always have to get up to an alarm clock. But when I get up, I make it a priority every morning to go downstairs to where my piano is, and I make myself for an hour sit in front of the piano and play and write and be creative. And he said, sometimes that hour just feels like six hours because it just drags by. He doesn't feel inspired. He doesn't feel any new ideas coming to him. He doesn't feel fresh or creative. But he said, more times than not, I will go down and sit at my piano. And a few minutes in, as I start playing, I'll just start diddling around Maybe I'll play some old songs that I've played a thousand times, but in the midst of it, I just allow creativity to start flowing. And he said, something happens in those moments. And whatever it is, this creativity starts taking over. And oftentimes that one hour will turn into two or three or four hours. And I don't even realize that that much time has passed because creativity has taken hold and I'm writing new things, and it's fresh, and I'm getting life from the music that I'm making, and it just becomes a beautiful time. And this is the part of what Billy Joel said that really hit my heart, like something that hit Stephen Tobolowsky's heart almost in the story I told at the beginning of the show. Billy Joel said, in those creative moments around the piano, where things just begin to flow and he begins to write and be creative and good new things are coming. He said, and if I hadn't been there, I would have missed it. And it was like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart in that moment and reminded me that that is prayer. That is prayer, waiting with God, making time intentionally, daily, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Making time daily to become familiar with the God that we serve by spending time in quiet moments and reflection, allowing ourselves to meditate, allowing ourselves to pray the prayers, to literally, as it says in the book of Acts, to dedicate ourselves to prayer, to the prayers, 
meaning the Psalms, meaning prayers of the church. For us, I believe that means the creeds. I believe it means scripture. I believe it means waiting and just sitting. And over the years, I have strived to do that more and more. And I've strived to listen for the voice of God in that way. So the question that I just want to sort of leave with us today and and let it sit with us as this podcast ends today. It's going to be a short one. I just wonder if, one, are we doing that kind of prayer? It took me years to get to where I was in that sort of a practice, where I daily start my day from the time I wake up and my eyes open. I start praying, Father God, maker of heaven and earth, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Israel, God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, true and living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have mercy and hear our prayer. And I begin my rite of prayer every morning. Same prayer every morning. Same moments of stopping and listening. Same times where I listen to that day's scripture from the lectionary, where I read it or I'll, I'll use an app that lets it read it to me. But I find myself in those intentional hours of prayer every morning. Usually it's around four. That took me a while to get there. It was hard enough for me as an individual to do that. I wonder how we're doing as a church. Are we creating space in our worship services where we can listen together, where we can hear the voice of God? Are we creating space for our people, especially if we are worship leaders and pastors? Are we creating that kind of intentional space for God to speak in the silence Or are we filling every single moment so that we don't have dead space in the service? I know we want to run from the silence, but I think it is uh, integral to what we are doing. So it's just a thought I had today. Are we familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit? Are we familiar enough to know the voice of God when it comes upon us? Are we familiar enough to know when it's Jesus speaking to us in our worship? Are we familiar enough to know when the Father is speaking through the Holy Spirit and giving us a new word for His people? I just wanted to challenge us a little bit today. I've been thinking about that and praying about that for a while, and today it really kind of was hitting home with me. I wonder if not only are we intentional in our prayer lives about making that type of space, Are we being intentional in our congregations, in our actual corporate worship, of making those moments where we can just listen, to listen to the voice of God? May God help us do that together. I guess that's all I wanted to do today, was just kind of leave us with a question. And maybe if you listen to this and you have some friends you can discuss with, uh, you can discuss it with me if you want. Feel free to, to send me an email, rick at rickleejames.com, or you can find me on Facebook or Twitter at Rick Lee James. I'd love to, to just continue this dialogue. It doesn't have to be on the podcast. I just wanted the podcast to be sort of a jump-off point for us today to think and talk through these things. Are we creating moments of silence in our services to where our people can become familiar with the voice of God? Would they even know the voice of God when it spoke? And if we are doing that, how can we do it more effectively? So that's the question for today. I hope you have found this beneficial. It's more of a thinker than anything else, this episode. Um, So think through it with me. Send me some messages. Uh, Send me some feedback on the show. I'd love to know if you are engaging and and feeling engaged by what I'm presenting here on the podcast. Um, 
I, I really would love some iTunes reviews as well. Uh, the more we get, the more visibility we have if you're enjoying the kind of things that I'm trying to offer here at Voices in My Head. Uh, but I especially want to have this dialogue. So if you're interested in what I've talked about today, creating moments of silence and holy spaces, uh, please get back to me. Please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. That's all I've got for today, folks. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Voices in My Head. I have now reached my destination, and I'm about to get out of my car. God bless you, and thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com, follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames, like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames, and keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace who raised Christ from the dead, strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.